Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Well Then, a podcast where we take a mind-body-spirit approach to living our most vibrant, healthy, and love-filled lives. We talk about everything from self-care practices to relationships to spirituality, and a topic that we're going to be exploring today, which I'm really, really excited because we have never explored this on the podcast before, and that is the nature of our dreams and what our dreams have to teach us and really working with the unconscious mind to interpret the symbolism that is available to us in our dreams and really learn from it and apply it in our lives to get the results and experiences that we want to have more of. And in today's episode, I am interviewing a really wonderful guest that I'm so excited for you to hear this conversation. We dove into how our dreams show up in the realm of our relationships and dating, the different kinds of symbolism that can appear in dreams, what to do if you are somebody who doesn't dream or thinks that you can't remember your dreams, there are steps for you to use this really valuable information as well. So I'm excited to welcome onto the podcast today, Carrie Honey. She is a spiritual innovator and expert dream analyst who is also an author, bridging the gap between environmental consciousness and spirituality. And her website, Cafe of Soul, is a resource for dream archetypes and symbols. And she really works to inspire people to have a better, deeper relationships with themselves and the world around them. And like I said, it's such a wonderful conversation. I cannot wait for you to hear some of the fascinating takeaways that she shares. So without further ado, let's dive right in. All right, Carrie, welcome to the podcast. I'm so glad that you're here. Very nice to meet you, Megan. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. I'm so excited to dive into the dis- this discussion around dreams because like we chatted about before, um, it's something that I think so many people are curious to learn more about. Like, what does this mean, dream mean? What is the purpose of this? And what am I supposed to learn or, or do with this? So um, I'm, I'm very excited that you're here. And uh, I know we're going to learn a lot about the relevance of, of dreams, but I would love if you could just share how you got into this realm of work. Um, well, I, I was really, um, interpreting dreams when I was a child, (laughs) they just Mm. always, and I was the poet, you know, I was always very, uh, I I was really more into the metaphorical world. I don't know if that makes sense, but, Mm -hmm. you know, poetry is really like uh, a way to engage emotional feelings through the use of words that symbolize that aren't necessarily literal and, uh, I feel like dreams are kind of doing the same thing because we're dreaming kind of from the side of the mind that's more imagery driven. It's not the left brain logic words, you know, I mean, words can appear in dreams, but mm-hmm. we're we're kind of more in that uh, poetic <laughs> mindset. Um, and and then I, you know, studied psychology in school and just sort of uh, began writing about it. And it was funny because in like the, maybe the early 2000s or I had written a book the mythology of sleep and I was talking to publishers in New York and uh they were this back then it's crazy to think that people didn't think dreams had meaning and wow. they're looking at me like we're oh right you're from California you know <laughs> and it was yeah. really hard to get anybody to appreciate that yeah there these we spend almost half of our lives in this condition you know, and yeah. we're exploring 
ourselves every every bit as much profoundly as we are in daily life. And it was interesting because I I had a hard time finding a publisher for the book, but mm-hmm. uh, my developer at the time said, you know, because I had my online dream dictionary and he's like, you know, a good way to bring traffic to your website. They have these things called apps. And this is like 2006. <laughs> and and, it, and it, I'm like, well, what is that? And he goes, you know, we'll just put your dream dictionary in an app. And it shot to the top of the lifestyle category, like number, you know, it was a real big seller. And it was so interesting because it, the younger people really went after the apps and the younger people were, were interested in dreams. And now that's, you know, obviously I'd say like the majority of people think there's some meaning in our dreams, but it was a tough battle you know, to like keep burning my little, you know, fire in the wind. (laughs) Absolutely. I I actually can really relate to what you said about the California piece as well. I, um, (laughs) I didn't grow up there, but I moved to California when I was 17 and about 10, 15 years ago when I was, um, kind of beginning my career there in the, the wellness industry at the time. Anybody who I talked to who wasn't from California, like friends or family that I had known from growing up, there was this sense of like, oh, you live in California. So everything's like woo woo. And like, of course, you believe in that kind of stuff down there. And it's so cool when you see those conversations start to come full circle and a little bit more mainstream and people are more open-minded and receptive to learning more about themselves and the way they interact with the world. And I I think it's just so cool to see people, um, yeah, becoming more receptive to different modalities and, and tools. Yeah. And, and honestly, the thing, the thing that keeps people from paying attention to their dreams is because they're so cryptic, Mm -hmm. you know, and you know, the, the, the ways that, you know, let's say consciousness, it sort of develops with language, you know, concepts and language and, 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 and our whole way of viewing the world can become very crusty. I hate to use that word, but, you know, very, okay, this is it. This is the truth. That's not the truth, you know, and, and and we get sort of these self-limiting ideas because we're, nature's forcing us to evolve. We're constantly growing. We're, you know, and dreaming is to me an evolutionary mechanism that's pushing us past the things that limit us. And because the, the, because the dreams are speaking symbolically and because they're really a mirror of our inner world and our ideas and, and they're cryptic in the same way that on the hero's journey in a mythical story that the hero's given these cryptic clues that he has to solve so that he can understand who he is and you know where he's supposed to go and Mm -hmm. and I feel like the dream is bizarre because it'll it tricks our 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 defensive ideas you know our our protection tendency to it's like we wake up and go you know why was I dreaming about you know taking an orange in in like a sailing cap like that makes no (laughs) sense but but it got past you know it got past the walls and maybe we'll talk to somebody about it or, or we'll see synchronicity later that day. And like, there's that orange. I wonder what that orange means, you know? And, um, and so because people don't recognize that the dream is a mirror and, and you and I will talk about relationships too, because that's yeah. another cha- challenging thing for people. But, you know, once people start to re- realize that the house is my paradigm, the car is my motivation, everything is representing some aspect of me, you know, and, and there, then when you take these, you know, clever 
that's that's what Freud really did for the whole understanding of dreams was he talked about condensation and how the the mind is so clever that it'll, it'll take a very complicated situation and describe it by by creating hybrids and two symbols you know like a, a bird running around with rubber boots or you mm-hmm. know some something that will capture like the the in complexity of a of, of a challenge that we're going through and so you know when people really start to respect that that there is this higher wisdom that's available to us in our dreams we can fast forward our evolution if we start to really you know record our dreams and and there's a million dream dictionaries now i think online but you know start working with the symbols and you'd be surprised and then once people do see that the dream has really valid information for them, then they really start remembering their dreams. That's a process. Absolutely. And I think that's such a helpful perspective to take and kind of place to get started because I'm sure a lot of people might feel very overwhelmed with like, how am I supposed to understand this very cryptic and bizarre thing that I dreamt Mm -hmm. about last night? But even just those couple examples you gave of like what your house represents in the dream and what a car represents, um, I think is those are good sort of foundational pieces to start with. Could could you talk a little bit more about that idea of symbolism and where people should start with interpreting their dreams? Yeah, I mean, uh, a, a very common dream is that uh, is dreaming of a house. It could be a house that feels like a childhood home. It's in the neighborhood, except there's something about the house that's different. And that's really the difference between the ideas that we had when we were young and, and all the things that we've grown into becoming, right? And so, you know, we might be in that house and it has like a strange room or a room that's different. And it's really, I always say, look at the bizarre because that's where the clues are. You know, so so it looks like a, a house from childhood. You know, that's representing your paradigm. The upstairs is kind of your higher ideas, your aspirations, your spiritual ideas. The basement is always like, wow, you're really digging into some buried stuff. You know, mm-hmm. the living room is like where we're putting on the show for everybody, not necessarily, you know, what we really feel. <laughs> the yeah. bedroom and the bed is like really the ideas that we're that we're founded founded on the clothes can be you know the identities that we adopt the kitchen often appears as the the uh you know this the idea that we want real fulfillment you know mm-hmm. um something will be happening in the kitchen when we're like maybe changing jobs or looking for something that's that gives us a better sense of fulfillment than just money or prestige or or whatever um and you know and and then like when it comes to transportation symbols there's the the car, their dreams about someone else driving us or us driving or we're, the car's out of control or we've lost our car in some parking lot. And we can't find it. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe, the, you know, that's like our motivations kind of on hold. Uh, the dream of someone driving us is like giving, giving our power away, being out of control. Maybe we know at some deep level that we're being self-destructive in a sense or not really taking care of our, of putting our goals in the right direction. Things, you know, the, the same transportation symbolism on water, like in boats can have to do more with the emotional body, you know, how we feel about feelings going into a new relationship. Mm -hmm. Um, Trains are very common um, in the Eastern world. I have a lot of clients from Asia and they, they obviously maybe, 
that they travel on trains more, but right, I don't, yeah. I don't know. but, but they're, they're, their whole, um, they're on a train and they can't get off or they can't find the train or um, that it's the idea that the tracks have been laid down for us and we can't deviate. Mm-hmm. And in those cultures, a lot of times they've been, they were married to somebody at the ages, you know, 15 or, you know, or they have, they've got to become a doctor or they've got just really, a, a lot, really strong rules about where they're supposed to be going, you know? And, and, and so, you know, I mean, I think like, Again, like I said, I have a dream dictionary on my website, but you can find dream dictionaries. And and I, I mean, I, I'd say for the most part, people are starting to kind of get the same kind of messaging about the dream interpretation. Uh, sometimes I'll come across the old fashioned stuff where it was like, oh, if you dream of a fork, it means you're going to be rich in two weeks or, you know, <laughs> none, none of that's going on. Yeah. But, you know, um, if you just kind of like, like consider you know, the, the dreams of being in your underwear or trying to find a bathroom or, you know, you're get you're kind of revealing yourself. Something's going on in your life that mm-hmm. you had to kind of, you know, so, so they're really, you know, if you just sort of take a step back and don't like hit it head on, you know, just sort of st- st- like poetry, you yeah. know, like it's more of like, oh, what is, how does this make me feel? Oh, I felt like, you know, I was trying to, to find a bathroom. Well, you got to release something, right? It's mm-hmm. not good for you to hold it in. And and that's kind of the way they are. They're very, they're very, um, they don't care about what you shouldn't <laughs> do or, or how graphic they become. Yeah. There's know? no filter. <laughs> there's no filter. Exactly. Um, and they're, you know, they're just kind of, you know, and again, when, when you're working with the dream, stop and consider, like, I love it because people will go, yeah, well, all this happened, but oh, this this piece, never mind this. This was too weird. I'm like, no, that was the message. To me, I talk about the three parts of a dream, and usually it will show what the conflict is, and then the landscape will kind of morph, and then it will kind of bring childhood stuff out and maybe how something was created. And then when it gets weird, that's where that cryptic thing kicks in, the little the puzzle for the hero, you know, solve this and you can, you know, achieve your destiny. <laughs> that Those cryptic weird things are where most of the direction about what we need to do to, to tackle the crisis that we're in or, you know, get past our self-defeating ideas. And, you know, I always use the example of like some lady had a dream about running around a track with forks in her hair. <laughs> oh, wow. You know, so running around the track, you can kind of get the, how would you interpret that? She's running around the track. You know, you, you get the sense that she's on some kind of treadmill right. or, yeah. you know, comp- competition or just forced to perform or, you know, but the forks in her hair, you know, forks are, we take a stab at that. Remember the nourishment mm. symbolism and the hair is the ideas, you know, hair is kind of the ideas that are growing in our head, you know, or, uh, so having the forks in her hair is like, if she could take a stab at, you know, something that maybe was more fulfilling, her life wouldn't feel so much like she's running around a, ra- a racetrack, you know, so that sort of cryptic, oh, interesting. you know, interpretation of, of the way through, it usually is the weird part of the dream. Okay. So the cryptic or weird is one of the three parts of the, of dreams. Yep. And it's the part, the third part that usually reveals the way through. Okay. And what are the first two parts? Uh, the first part usually will give you a sense of what it, the dream is like focusing on a certain environment. Like maybe 
you know, this is where the landscape can be a reflection of what's going on in our inner world. Like mm -hmm. maybe we're out in the snow and it's cold and we, oh. you know, we can't find our house or, you know, so there, and that's kind of a uh, sense of isolation, you know, that your inner world is like, you know, not warm and nutritious and luscious. And, you know, there's some cold, you know, maybe you're, maybe you have a fear of intimacy or, you know, so the first part of the dream will, will be describing, what it is you're working through what's the i call it a conflict what what is the thing what's the challenge right now and then it will morph meaning that you have the sense that it's the same dream but now all of a sudden i'm on an airplane you know and i'm trying to find my luggage and the plane's going to take off and you know so now the dream as it shifts to the airplane well that has to do with aspirations flying you know taking off like it's exciting or going you know so there's so that that will kind of show how something got created. Well, maybe in this situation, somehow a person's ambition has led to this inability to connect and feel warmth, you know, that snowy landscape or whatever. Mm. Does that make sense? So it's like you're, yep. so the first part is kind of describing the situation. The second part is what it, what it is that's creating that. And then the third part is, you know, maybe it will focus on, I found the suitcase, but it was brought by, you know, a, a dolphin, I don't know, or, you know, so maybe, you know, so there's, though, there would be some kind of clue in whatever the baggage or open the suitcase to see what, you know, what you're not facing or. And that's kind you know, of like the, the guidance. The guidance. Exactly. I mean, I see that. I see that a lot. Yeah. And so when people are, you know, kind of just getting started maybe and using um, um, the dream, websites or databases to help interpret what the different signs and symbols and locations mean. How much of that would you say is like pretty consistent across the board that certain symbols represent certain things and how much of it should people still check in with their own intuition and ask like, does this really resonate with me? Does this meaning kind of map onto my life or could it be something else? Well, I think, um, you know, well, like for example, on my website, you can actually type your dream in and it will give you like not only the, the words that you typed in maybe, but any associated symbolism. So maybe you wouldn't have thought to look at this synonym, you know, mm -hmm. or so. And remember, we're dreaming of what we're not facing. So just mm -hmm. because something doesn't resonate doesn't mean that it's not uh, it's not accurate for us. But at yeah. the same time, there's a lot of interpretations out there so it's hard to say you know uh what you when you'll find the work that kind of you know resonates with with you but with that being said it's always up to the dreamer you know um so if if something you know like like i feel like when you're looking at the, the interpretations mm -hmm. they're, it's like an idea starter you know and maybe yeah. right away it doesn't feel right but then as you go about the week or whatever, you start getting the synchronicities. Because to me, the synchronicities are really, I mean, I, I talk about the 24-hour mind because really it's one mind that's making up the stories that are in our dreams and making up the story that becomes our life. You know, we're telling a story. We're living by a story. And this, how that story, are we the hero? Is like, you know, are we a victim? Um, and so... Um, we basically 
I kind of forgot where I was going with that. <laughs> well, that idea of the 24-hour mind. So, oh, right, uh, right. So do you think like a dream a synchronicity. that you have tonight is relevant to the synchronicities the next day, but then the slate kind of get wiped, gets wiped cleaned in the next well, 24 no, hours? No, 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 because you can be dreaming of stuff from childhood, from, from wherever. What, what I meant by the 24-hour mind is that we're basically, you know, in our in our waking state, it's very regulated, you know, conscious. There's a lot of aspects of consciousness that are kicking in to make the world more safe to us. Mm -hmm. We're looking, you know, we've got this little radar that's looking for what's out of place around us. So we're not necessarily 100% present with mm -hmm. all of the gifts and things that are happening. When we go to sleep, there's many aspects of consciousness that now become not not active. They, you know, and right. there we there are we can't say we're unconscious because there's still some some awareness and some parts of consciousness that are that are at play. But there's no there's no holds barred. Like we're we're free. We're we're examining um, in a different sort of relationship to some of the things that appear in dreams are from actual experience. Some of it's magical, mysterious, made up. You know, um, and and so we're like getting a different version of our story. And then the next day we may bump into, this is where synchronicity went. Well, as that, that layer or boundary between, you know, once we start recognizing that we are creating our experiences, we are creating our world. Once we start to let that sense go, we start to see synchronicity because something, it's the same mind. And so synchronicity is, I don't know, just for people who don't know, it's when something that's been internally uh, inspiring us or capturing our inner world's, you know, attention all of a sudden appears in the outer world, kind of as right. a confirmation. And a lot of times I'll see that happening with, with people doing dream work. It's almost like a um, initiation because mm -hmm. they might be working out, like when we're doing dream work, I'm hearing something that they're not even familiar with. You know, it's like something's going, oh, I'm so glad they've got you to talk to because I've been, you know, I need someone to hear me. That's how I hear their dream. You know what I mean? It's been yeah. repressed. And and then as we start, you know, working through that, then it seems like they'll start to transform. The dream is about a week ahead of the actual change of awareness or whatever. Mm. But while that's happening, something will kind of show up on the path and challenge that person to adopt or defend this new idea. Does oh, that make that's sense? Interesting. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, and so, that's synchronicity. Yeah. I love when those synchronicities show up in daily life because it is fun to get those confirmations and show mm -hmm. you like the things you've been tuning into. It, like it's real. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and so what would you say about, you know, sometimes you might hear people talk about a dream and then say, say something along the lines of, oh, but it was just a dream. It didn't mean anything. It's not real. And obviously all of your work surrounds the, the immense symbolism <laughs> and, and power of our dreams. But would you say that every dream that we have, like if you remember your dreams from every single night, that every one holds something of value and that there's something to learn or to, to take and to do from it? Absolutely. Because even like, you know, the, there's different reasons why we dream, right? Like this is where, you know, Sigmund Freud was always, everything was fantasy, wish fulfillment, sexual. Um, and in a lot of ways, that's true. Like, for example, uh, we can dream of, you know, 
having an orgasm, we'll make, you know, or we can dream of crying or the mm-hmm. things that we're dreaming, we're not allowing to happen in daily life. And so there's a like an opportunity to express something that's being repressed, right? So that would have, you know, that's not necessarily cryptic, but it has relevance for us, you know, but it doesn't mean that those dreams where we're having like uh, a very common dream is to be in a relationship, a dream of an old flame and we're having intercourse with them or, or whatever. Right. The, the idea of intercourse in a dream is really like, you know, back to the mirroring I was talking about. Mm-hmm. The other people that appear in our dreams are mirroring us as well. And so, you know, maybe something's happened in our present where our sense of self-esteem is being challenged. And maybe there was somebody that we gave the power to back when we were 17 to validate our worthiness and self-love and you know, so maybe that maybe they'll come back and we'll be having intercourse be only because we're trying to uh, embrace, adopt, you know, bring that into bring that sense of self-love back to the present or mm-hmm. something's triggered the same, you know, feeling that we had back in that relationship or, you know, so so I always tell people when other people appear in dreams, like famous people. A lot of people dream about Brad Pitt, you know, I always talk about him <laughs> because he's such yeah. a, he's such a great male, female, he's got like this sense of softness, but then this masculinity mm-hmm. and, and this is where uh, Carl Jung is very different from Freud, Carl Jung, I mean, Freud's the one who kind of came up with the idea that our dreams are an exploration of, a, of our repressed life or, you know, there's information there that we're not conscious of, you know, that's happening. And Carl Jung is like, well, I don't think it's all wish fulfillment. I think that we're all individuating. We're all going to come to a point in life where where we are the highest expression of, of what we're capable of. And all these, you know, all women have a male and female side. All men have the male and female side. And a lot of times the, the coupling that happens in the dream uh, that feels sexual, has a sexual sort of you know, uh, you might dream of a guy, a stranger, you're mm-hmm. in bed having sex or whatever, but he could rep- represent the masculine side of the psyche. So a woman, when she's like thinking about, you know, providing better for herself, you know, being more aggressive about getting her needs met or whatever, mm-hmm. that character would represent that side of her psyche. And in the same way, the male may dream of a crazy woman because maybe some part of his feelings are starting to come out and have expression when he was taught his whole life that boys shouldn't feel, you mm-hmm. know, and so his first encounter with his feelings are, you know, the woman feminine side of the psyche. So, you know, I mean, everybody kind of their Freud and Young kind of approached the whole idea of dreams. But I, I have uh, sort of I've been working with people you know, doing dream interpretation for decades, literally like four or five decades. So I've seen kind of the the theme of of uh, the balance between a male and feminine psyche of a healthy psyche is sensitive, intuitive, what we would call feminine, but also able to stand up and, you know, fight for the things that we need to mm-hmm. take care of ourselves or whatever, like what dad would have taught versus what mom would have taught. And uh, so, so the other characters, you know, back to like, you know, what's happening in the dream, it's not necessarily like you have some, you can have a dream of having sex with your boss, which doesn't have anything to do with wanting to have sex with your boss. (laughs) It could be wanting to adopt the traits that your boss represents. 
Yeah, that makes so much sense. And I think it's important to touch on that. I know one of the things that I wanted to chat with you more about was the sort of intersection of dreams and our relationships and dating life and certainly questions that I've gotten a lot in my therapy practice over the years from clients who are maybe um, trying to get over an ex or moving through certain issues in their, their dating life, their love life. And they'll come to me and say, I had a dream about him. Like, does that mean we're supposed to be together? Does that mean he's my soulmate? Are we, you know, supposed to X, Y, Z fill in the blank. And I think there can be this tendency to take dreams really literally. So Mm -hmm. I, I love what you just shared that like, it doesn't mean that you want to sleep with your boss. It doesn't mean that this person is your soulmate. (laughs) And and I know this would be like throwing a bucket of cold water over the person who said that. Does that mean, you know, but the truth is, if a person is trying to quit smoking, they're going to dream of smoking. The things <laughs> that we're repressing yeah. take over our, you know, dream life. And yeah. if we if we're working hard to push someone out of our awareness and, you know, they're going to kind of creep into creep into the psyche during during dreams. And that's very normal. But, yeah, yeah I mean, I, I constantly hear People think that because a person shows up in their dream that they're supposed to make contact with them. Right. But I just say, you know, what before you do that, what's an adjective that you would use to describe that person? Oh, well, I think that they're very, very, um, you know, they take they're able to balance like a home life and still do a lot of traveling or whatever it is, you know. Mm-hmm. OK, well, how's that at play for you? Huh, it is, you know, so so it's not so much that they need to contact the person, but once they consider how it's mirroring something going on, then they mm. see that it's, you know, and and to take it all backwards, I, that's what's so cool about dream dreams, too, is that today we kind of most people that are on a path of wanting to be present you know, leave the world in a better place than how we found it, whatever, whatever you want to call it, that, you know, compassionate path, you know, uh, we're going to always recognize that people come into our lives kind of propitiously. Mm -hmm. Maybe, maybe even when, like, I may be going down to the grocery store, and some lady just starts yelling at me, you know, it's not like, oh, I deserve to be yelled at, but I can be compassionate that she must be having a bad day or, you know, or, you know, but, but don't, you know, you get a sense that the people that we meet or the people that come on our path are there for us in some way, you know, there's something that we're learning or, and when we look at dreams, that's what's happening. So why wouldn't that be kind of the case on the path as well? You know, yeah. that people have a, have a reason for showing up and we might not recognize it. We might dismiss it. We might get mad or react or what if we just kind of step back and think, hmm, maybe something here you know yeah and I love that perspective because you know the the type of um people that I work with and meet on a really regular basis are often people who like I said are healing wounds in the realm of love and and relationship and I think that for for all humans there's this sort of innate desire to connect and to have love and to experience that sort of bond and so I think because that desire can be so intense sometimes, we like to make meaning or, or make a meaning fit the way that we want to interpret it. So then when we have that dream about that person, it feels better to jump right to like, oh, we're supposed to be together. Like, this is the clarity mm-hmm. I've been asking for. But mm-hmm. instead to do what you said and look at, no, what what's actually 
the symbolism here? What is this person representing for me? What is there for me to learn? It's such an empowering shift to make and way to look at that. And that's where dreams can be really helpful for single people. Mm -hmm. Um, People that are like not able to sort of find the right person or, or whatever. I was talking about kind of the landscape because we were you we're used to thinking, well, yeah, symbols all have some kind of meaning, but we don't consider the tree and the ground and the lighting and the time of day and whether whether it's snowy or a desert or you know the kind of the the landscape. And that can be that can give us a lot of insight about our inner world, you know, the the condition where the house is kind of the paradigm and how we organize or classify or compartmentalize our ideas the actual scenery, the landscape, the feel is kind of mirroring what where we're at right now. So, so that's to say that if we dream of, you know, kind of a desert setting, you know, maybe we need a little bit more uh, wetness in our life. Yeah. <laughs> maybe we need to be a little more mushy, right? Or, you know, so before we start thinking about finding the right person, let's take care of ourselves, you know, and let's see what we can, you know, discover about our inner world just in the recognizing that what kind of scenery, you know, a lot of times when I'm doing work with people that after the initial landscape, that they'll always show up to a body of water, like they'll be by the seashore, you know, and that's very normal because they're like taking steps towards that reservoir of what's beneath the surface, the unconscious, the, you know, so that, so yeah. just recognizing even even when a dream doesn't seem like there's any symbol that can be interpreted, there's always something that can be interpreted. Yeah. And I'm curious too, okay, so what what about the people who say, you know, I don't dream or I never remember my dreams or, you know, right after I wake up, it then it's gone, that kind of thing. What what about Well, number people? 1, there everybody dreams every night. That's what REM sleep is and mm-hmm. If, if we didn't have REM sleep, which is a disease that some people, they hit a certain level of their, you know, brain wave that shuts them down and they can't achieve REM sleep, they actually get psychosis and they die. Like we have to have REM sleep. Um, and so just because we're not remembering our dreams doesn't mean that we're not dreaming. So when people say, I don't dream, well, that's not right. true. You don't remember your dream. Now, we're Again, we're dreaming. I like I split it up between the right and the left brain. We live in the left brain by day and we dream in the right brain at night. And it's a very loose, like, you know, holistic, like let's just for, you know, I mean, obviously nobody really understands how the brain works, but I just use this as sort of, you know, kind of a model. If the left brain is where logic and language and decision making and and all that's happening, then the right brain is more like the holistic side. So we see you know, a ball coming, the left brain is calling it a ball, it's green, it must be a tennis ball, it's rationalizing and categorizing what that is. And the right brain is like, but where did it come from? And Mm -hmm. wow, the world's round. And, you know, I'll paint a picture of this green, you know, I love that green color. So the, the two sides of the brain are active during the day. But as we go to sleep, that logical compartmentalizing side from the left dissipates somewhat. And we're more in the right brain and it's a very flowy, visually driven, um, you know, poetic painting of a, of a existence. And so when we start to come back into wakefulness, we immediately are switching back to the left brain. The left brain doesn't relate to what the right brain just did. It's like two different minds. 
And so, of course, it's lost. So I always tell people, if you don't remember your dream, don't wake up so quick. Don't be quick to analyze. Don't slip into that. I got to jump up and brush my teeth and make a phone call and, you know, wake up gently with that flowy picture. And then just think of one word, you know, and carry that with you as you wake up. Now, the one word that I remember was his dream had to do with shoes. It was a strange pair of shoes. You know, that's all I need for now because there's something there, you know, and then little by little, you'll start to remember them. But I don't know if that makes sense, but you're just, there are two different ways of experiencing life between what we're doing when we dream and when we, and so it's very, I would say a good 70%, if not more people have difficulty remembering their dreams. Yeah. And so you would say, well, if, if we're not remembering our dreams, they must not be relevant. Well, we're not watching our digestion either, right? Mm. We can't see what's going on, but something very valuable is happening. We're holding on to what's nutritious and we're letting go of what's not, you know, and that's kind of what's happening in the dreams too. It's just that because we have awareness and we have a brain and we are, you know, being led towards some sort of evolution, you know, being aware of the digestive process that goes on with our thinking can be something we're, we can be conscious of. Yeah. But even and, but even if we're not, it still happens. We still evolve. Right. And so if somebody is trying to become more conscious of it and mindful of it, and they, they're trying that kind of wake up slow method and maybe still aren't remembering anything, is there anything else they can do to become more conscious of their dreams? Well, interesting. The, I don't know if you were on my website at all, Cafe Soul. But it's basically a place, like, obviously, I started with dreams. And then since there was so many people not remembering their dreams, it kind of started to develop into an archetype site. And then I have the Eastern archetypes, the Western archetypes. So it has Tarot, it has Yijing. I don't know if you're familiar with the Yijing, but it's basically mm-hmm. an oracle from Taoist, Taoism and all that. But um, what I notice is when I'm working with people, they'll, they can bring a dream, they bring a reading. Or they can, you know, tell me stuff that it's like whatever, whatever they're dreaming is telling a story that the Oracle is saying. So that's kind of why I put the Oracles on my website, Mm -hmm. because if they're not remembering their dreams, it's the same sort of process. There's some synchronistic factor, let's say, at play. They're open. They say, give me guidance for the week. They get the aging reading, you know, 33, 33 into 32 or or get a tarot reading or whatever. There's definitely the same sort of like guidance there. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like and so would you say that's all kind of like your unconscious trying to get your attention sort of? Yes. Thing? Yeah. I mean, and I, I'm, I've been doing this for you know a while and I've been, you know, I've had a lot of clients and it happens over and over that the, the reading and the dream are identical. So wow. it gives me the confidence to say, if you do have difficulty remember, remembering your dreams, or the oracles, you know, people have those little cards or whatever, yeah. you know, yoga cards or those, that same willingness to, to be guided in our, in our dream state, it's beyond us The our body was designed to shut down paralytic features, keep us mm-hmm. from acting out. Like we were designed to have that experience, to be open, to be one. And if we can by day stop and be wondrous, right? Like, Hey, mm-hmm. Let me just see, you know, what's this, you know, then maybe there's the same kind of message. Yeah. Wow. That is so fascinating. 
Do you find that people typically come to you for a specific reason, like they want to interpret their dreams in a certain area of life or to reach a certain goal, or is it just to have a general, like better understanding of themselves? No, they're usually, you know, like people that when they write me the the ones with nightmares, I always kind of get to them first because they think it's bad. And I'm like, no, it's good. Like you're having an earthquake in there and some goodness is richness and newness is coming up from what, what, what was buried, you know, or, you know, so a lot of times, you know, people that, that will uh, be having, you know, a dream that's kind of haunting them or they're mm-hmm. unsettled about, or, you know, they'll, they'll come to me to do dream work. Um, people, I've had people come to me that just have, <laughs> I'm telling you, I've worked with people that, that their dream is a book. It's so, <laughs> you think you talk about people who can't even remember their dream and it's like, what? It's like five pages long. Like, are wow. you kidding me? You know, so it's, it's just, you know, different. I, you know, I work with people like you do as well, but, you know, I just, uh, I, I'll, I, I can work with people with just maybe, you know, the Yijing or mm-hmm. they can have a dream or they just kind of want to like ha- live more in a Taoist perspective because that's really my foundation as I'm really a Taoist I and that to me Taoism is learning how to not have boundaries it's a a philosophy of removing boundaries so that you're in the flow your Mm. breath is yeah like kind of that idea of like oneness exactly oneness with everything and everyone and the moment is endless Mm -hmm. you know it's just this perfect you know flow um and and getting into that is so nourishing. Mm-hmm. Like I like to use like words that you used for food. Yeah, me too. <laughs> it's, very, it's very delicious. Yeah. When you, can, when you can live in that, you know, goodness, because like I would, you know, in Taoism, there's no good and bad. It just is. And to be settled in the just isness and, and yet still giggle, you know, that's like the highest <laughs> achievement to me. Yeah, that's where we all want to get to. Exactly. <laughs> So. I love that. So, and just kind of a um, another sort of more practical question. Are you a proponent of people keeping a dream journal? Yeah, of course, because okay. that's how, you know, I think when you're first waking up and without thinking about it, write it down, you know, like keep the analytical mind out of it. Mm-hmm. But you don't, once they write it down, they may forget, they get up and go and go about the day they'll come back to it later. And then when they have the time to really kind of look into it, like I said, it's, it takes that uh, willingness to, to record it and then come back. But it's when they see that something is smarter than them, that's when they really make the shift and start to remember more. Mm. Does that, does that make sense? Like it's really profound to know that we all have access to this guru inside of us. Yeah. I love that too, because I think we, so many of us spend so much of our time and this was certainly me in the past, trying to control everything, trying to have all the answers, trying to feel like, like feeling like we are the ones who kind of buries, bears the the weight of the world on our shoulders. And when you do that, it does disconnect you from that, that greater power and access to all that exists and all that information and all of those answers. So I love the way you put that. Um, and there's, just, there's a saying in Taoism that, you know, don't be the host, become the guest. 
Mm. Wow, I love that. Yeah, because it's just like you're not in charge. And when you can be the guest, it's so much more interesting. Yeah, it gives you a lot more room for curiosity, I think. Exactly. Yeah. Wow. So many fun things here. I'm inspired to to keep a dream journal again and to pay more attention to the things I've been dreaming about. Um, so I know you mentioned your website, obviously being a great place with tons of resources where people can interpret their dreams and learn more. Um, is there anywhere else that that you would direct people to to learn more about the work that you do? Um, no, because everything's pretty much on the website. I mean, I have, I do have a YouTube channel called Nature is a Guru. So it's all the work that, you know, I'm always using some aspect of nature as a teacher. You know, like I, I think I just did something on gravity as kind of a, uh, what it teaches us about manifestation or, you know, so it's kind of, uh, so that Nature is a Guru YouTube station for inspiration or just, you, you can also find it all on the website. Very cool. I will make sure that we link that in the show notes so that everybody who's listening can go check that out and start to get curious about their own dreams as well. Cool. Um, the last question that I love to ask everybody who comes on this show, because it is about holistic um, wellness and kind of that mind, body, spirit approach to taking really good care of ourselves is what is one practice or habit that you feel like you can't live without? It's one of your go-tos that you swear by. Breath. Mm, such a I good just, one. <laughs> if, if it ever, if anything ever starts to escalate out of that moment of flow, you just take a breath, you know, Yep. <laughs> yep. and, and no matter how crazy it gets, you just remember you're the guest, you know, like, and I guess that comes from the dream work, right? Like if everything has purpose, this must too, Mm. Yeah. you know, like just let it be, let it, let it tell you what it's going to be, you know, let it manifest and see. Yeah. And the breath definitely has a very powerful way of grounding you in that knowing and that trust. What what is yours? Oh, honestly, it changes um, in each season of my life. I feel like I have such a big toolbox that I love, but breath is is definitely one of mine as well. Um, because like you said, in that moment, you can take just a singular deep breath that can be so impactful, Life life changing, right? life-changing. <laughs> Yeah, it's always available to you. And there are also so many very cool types of breath patterns that you can use if you want to shift things and work with the breath in other ways. So I think that's, I think that I'm just endlessly fascinated by how we can use this physical body as a tool to experience more of the things we want to experience. And are you still in California? No, I actually, um, after California, I moved to New York City for a few years. And then um, just this past year, moved back to the Pacific Northwest, where I'm from originally. Oh. My soul was very much craving that connection to nature and the trees and forests and mountains and water that exists up here. It just like is really my happy place. So <laughs> Good. it's nice to be back and connected to that. Awesome. And what about you? Are you still in California? Yeah, well, I, I was in Mexico the last four years. I kind of got stuck there for with COVID Mm. Okay. and, Yeah. you know, all that. But um, and then I, I but I spent a lot of time in Lake Tahoe. Oh, So I'm love kind of it there. I'm back. I'm back up in the Sierra Nevada in the mountains. I have like my neighbors are a river, a mountain Wow. and and, and a bunch of trees Yep. like bears, <laughs> you know. That's the life. Yeah, that combination of mountains and water and, and trees is so powerful.
Yeah. And it's kind of cool because it's, it's the old gold country, you know, so it's kind of, you know, uh, it's got a, it's got a rich, rich history. And sometimes I'll just be wandering out in the woods and I'll come across these old abandoned mines and wow. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah. I like it. It's Yeah. very fun. Yeah. I'm definitely going to check out your, um, nature as guru YouTube videos as well. That's, that sounds really interesting. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Thank you so much, Carrie. There's so much I learned today and I really appreciate you sharing your knowledge and insight with, with us. And, um, yeah, I'm just fascinated by this, this conversation about dreams. So thank you for the work that you do. Excellent. It was super nice to meet you. And uh, yeah, it was a lot of fun. Yeah, you as well. And um, for everybody who's listening, if you enjoyed this and know somebody who would benefit from paying closer attention to their dreams, feel free to share and pass it along to them. And as always, until next time, have a happy, healthy and love filled day. 